The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I wanted to um, have a little bit of time for questions. Um, if there's any questions about the practice here. Yeah, I can use the mics. Thank you. So is it, so I'm noting what, what I'm aware of, which I don't know. I'm wondering if that causes like proliferation in the mind. Um, so is this something that you're doing consciously or something that's happening? Consciously. Okay. Um, it, it's, is that, a, is that a little bit of a practice habit? The, no, okay. no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't need to note things. Um, so you can play with letting it go. I mean, just, you know, the questions, am I aware? What am I aware of? May sometimes lead to kind of the mind answering that. You know, it'll say, oh, I'm aware of, oh, pressure. Oh, I'm aware of this. I'm aware of that. And, and that, that's more, um, you know, if you find that you can't stop doing it, then you don't have to try to stop doing it. But also let go of any kind of conscious doing of that. You can, you can just know what's happening. It's like, oh, what, what am I aware of? What's obvious? What's obvious? I find that sometimes the mind will kind of naturally be naming what it's aware of. Um, and I don't get in its way if it's doing that. Because in, in the initial exploration of the practice, um, sometimes it, the mind kind of needs to do that to kind of connect it does fall away over time, but if you're consciously doing it, you know, if you're if you're if you're trying to name things, I would let that piece go. But you can explore that in your in your practice, whether it's actually something you're doing consciously or something that's just happening. Yeah. Sometimes we have habits, practice habits. Um, how many of you noticed that you kind of oriented towards your usual? practice, you know, oh, I'm, pay, you know, paying attention to the breath or whatever. Yeah, uh, that, that often happens. Partly because we're relaxing, and in that relaxation, um, the mind recognizes, oh, I've been here before. I know what to do. <laughs> I pay attention to the breath when I'm here. And so the, it's, it's just like, this is what naturally happens. You don't have to try to stop doing that. But just be aware Ah, this is what this is what the mind is doing. So again, kind of seeing if you can let go of a conscious engagement with that practice and holding to an object or holding to a particular form of practice and just allowing again learning the the skill that we're we're cultivating here to learn is to follow the attention as opposed to direct the attention. And so as you find, you know, it's like actually probably when you're engaged in a practice habit you may, it, it probably what happened is that the attention naturally landed on that experience of the breath or whatever. So it kind of naturally landed there. And then it's like we, we jumped on the bandwagon. 
and kind of started doing that. And so letting go of the conscious engagement with that kind of practice, it's like, oh, I see I'm actually holding to the breath right now. Can I let that go? And, you know, maybe, maybe the attention stays there, but then also it maybe picks up on the sounds and other body sensations. So, again, learning how to follow the attention. And likewise with the noting. Um, you know, sometimes people can have a habit of noting um, because of some of the practices that we've trained in. And again, if you're noticing that happening, you don't have to stop it, but just recognize, oh, you know, that's, that's, the mind is doing that. It's engaged in that connecting and using a word to connect to experience. So we don't have to stop that, but see if you can let go of the conscious doing of that. Other questions? Um, yeah, I think it's, I guess I'm finding it really difficult because I'm a little sleepy too. And then, then I have this thought like I'm wasting my time. I'm supposed to be on retreat. What's going on? I'm not just, you know, I'm, uh, what that hypnogenic, that's where I'm kind of just like, ooh, and then I'll be back in like 15 minutes and like, whoa, I just wasted my time doing that, you know? And so it's hard to like, I'm sleepy, so sometimes the noting helps me, you know, the focus helps me stay awake. So like, Again, you know, the, yeah. using what is skillful for you, if you yeah. find that, that right now yeah. that this practice is like, you know, you're not able to stay present, yeah. then this is where it's helpful to use a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so using something like the noting would be fine mm-hmm. to, to help with that. And, and experiment every now and then, can I let go of that and just follow you know, follow the attention again. Um, the other piece of the exploration around this is to begin to learn, and this happens more as the practice, as we get more familiar with the practice. We begin to learn how actually to let the mindfulness begin to go into terrain that we habitually think we cannot be mindful in. And so the hypnagogic state, the sleepy terrain, the foggy mind, they are not inherently non-mindful for as much as we think they might be. So um, it's possible, and this is an an exploration of of kind of interest, you know, if you see yourself kind of going into that hypnagogic state rather than than saying, uh, I'm wasting my time here, it's like, how might it be possible for mindfulness to actually connect with that? And it is possible. It is possible. And so... um, the best place to begin to learn how that's possible is in the moment when you come back into awareness. In that moment, you've probably woken up into that state a little bit. You know, you, you know what it's like. It's like, whoa. I mean, you kind of described that whoa feeling. It's possible to be aware of that whoa feeling and stay connected with it. Um, and so in that moment of waking up, you get a flavor of what it might mean to be present in that state, present for that experience. And just a little touch of that. But for now, it sounds skillful. You know, take that in. Take that moment of, wow, this is what it's like to be present for woe. And if you feel, probably you'll feel a kind of pull back into that. You know, it's like you go into the rabbit hole of that, like, pleasant, you know, sleepy state. If you get pulled back into that, then taking some action, maybe opening your eyes or using a tool, using some noting to help you to stay present for now. But to um, 
this the one of the biggest um, benefits for me of this practice was learning that there are no limits to mindfulness. That it is way it is it, way more possible to be aware of things in which we are we think it's not possible to be aware of. And so some curiosity, you know, if if you brought in curiosity there as opposed to the idea of this is a problem, I'm wasting my time. It's like, how might it be possible to be aware of that? Having me told you it is possible. I mean, I've learned for myself. It's like, yeah, I mean, spacing out, hypnagogic states, even falling asleep, the mind can be there for that. Um, So to bring curiosity to that might bring up just enough interest, just enough energy to allow you to stay aware in that place. So just to bring that in, that, that possibility of... And, and again, you know, if you find... This is the relax, observe, allow, and learn. You know, if you find in this situation right now the uh, habit or the pattern of the sleepiness or the hypnagogic state is overwhelming the capacity to be mindful, right now the mindfulness is overwhelmed, so take some action. That's, the learn, that's part of the learning side. Uh, the other part of the learning side is recognizing that sometimes it is possible to be aware of those states. So um, just a little bit of a hopefully sparking of some interest there. It's, it's very cool what our minds can be aware of. So, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, in the back. I'm having some difficulty with the allow part of it. Um, all five times my mind wandered, 50, 500, whatever. Um, my normal habit, of course, is when I somehow realize my mind has wandered, I come back to the breath. I wasn't having any difficulty with coming back to the breath. I was coming back to the nice, relaxed, observing the kind of fuzzy sensation of my body. But in a sense, it's like coming back to the breath. I guess the the problem I had, well, in one case, my mind wandered to a piece of pie in the fridge at home, and and I came back. Um, I wanted to allow that. (laughs) I wanted to, but it was gone. So I, I guess I'm questioning, you have any thought about how we allow that wandering process while it's going on, not after we pull back from it. Yeah, I mean, the, the allowing in the... I mean, it is also possible, and this is another thing, it's also possible to be aware while thinking, while thoughts are happening. Um, and so this is the, you know, the, the, the stretching of the mindfulness into the possibility of being aware while thinking. Um, it's not so much about allowing the content... You know, there you, it sounds like you were attached to the content of the pie. You know, that's, <clears throat> that's not actually being clear about what's happening in the present moment. The allowing is, is really about being very clear of allowing what's happening in the present moment to be arising in the present moment. And what's happening in the present moment is there's a thought arising in the present moment. And so right there, you just can you become aware? This is a thought that's happening in the present moment. There's no reality to it. It's in the mind. I mean, maybe it's connected to some reality. Maybe you do have a piece of pie in the refrigerator. Um, but, you know, it's right now that that experience is a thought arising in the present moment. 
And so beginning to learn how to connect with and be aware, ah, this experience is, this is a thought arising right now. And one of the ways to begin to um, connect with the experience of thinking is to notice what I like to call the modality of thinking. In that case, it sounded like it was an image. It was an image in the mind. And so noticing, ah, there's an image arising in the mind right now. What's my relationship to that image wanting? Perhaps wanting is that relationship. So that's what's happening in the present moment. There's the thought, the image arising, and there's wanting in relationship to that. Can you become aware of that? Can you know that? So that is the way this practice unfolds. As we become aware, you know, the mind wanders. When the mind is wandering and we are unaware, there's not much we can do about it. We wake up at some point. The mind, mindfulness returns at some point, And at that moment, we check in. What's here? What's here? Maybe that's when we see the image of the pie right there. That's the image right there. But then as we become aware, often those thoughts disappear. That thought disappears. And then what, what has arisen? Wanting. Maybe wanting to do something about getting that pie. So that's the next thing that has arisen. We just keep track. What's happening right now? Ah, wanting has arisen. Frustration has arisen because I'm sitting in a meditation hall and I'm, I'm not going to get up and do that. Oh, frustration. So wanting, frustration, that's what's happening right now. We allow what's arising to arise and learn from it. We, we watch it. So the allowing is about allowing what's arising to arise without resistance, without reactivity, without judgment. But, but learning from that arising, very much learning from that. Um, what we learn, what, what one of the things we learn around with, with um, wanting frustration, we start to really recognize and get to know that wanting in the present moment, frustration in the present moment, aversion in the present moment, has a kind of a off feeling to it. We are not in a state of well-being in the present moment when wanting is arising in the present moment. We are not in a state of well-being in the present moment when aversion is arising in the present moment. That, uh, not, that non-well-being is usually masked by the mind projecting into the wanting or the aversion. If I do something about that wanting, if I do something about that aversion, then I'll be happy. In the future, when I get that pie, then I'll be happy. Essentially willing to forego, our mind is willing, the wanting, the wanting is, is willing to forego well-being here and now for the idea that there may be well-being in the future or for the well-being, or not well-being I would say, but or for the a delight or, or happiness that comes with thinking a thought. The mind is, is, is willing to forego an actual sense of well-being in the present moment for a little bit of fleeting happiness about thinking about pie. We learn, we learn what our mind does. And as we see that, you know, actually that pie, the thought about the pie is not the pie. You know, the thought about the pie is not very satisfying, really. It's just a little bit of, ooh, that would be nice. And we get a little bit of hit of this, like, you know some kind of happiness, but poof, as soon as the thought gone, is gone, that, that happiness is gone. And we're left with what's left, the, 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 the like, trail of the wanting in our experience. 
And we learn that wanting in the present moment, aversion in the present moment, are not the orientation towards true happiness. So, now that said about the wanting and the aversion, um, I, I do want to say that as we bec- come into a fuller state of wise attitude, a wise attitude that's balanced, non-reactive, the heart open, connected to experience, rather than resisting, holding on to, like contracted around experience, as the heart is open and connected to experience, more and more we learn the, the kind of the landscape of the open heart, which is allowing, but it's also responsive. The landscape of the open heart is going to respond to suffering through compassion, through compassionate action. The landscape of the open, and ho- open heart is going to respond to joy with the resonance of, of sympathetic joy. And so this allowing attitude does not necessarily put us into a space of non-doing. We often think that the only way we would do something, because we are so habitually driven by our wanting and our aversion as the motivators for doing, we just cannot imagine what might be possible, what kind of action might be possible if those are not happening. And that action can come from beautiful, wholesome qualities, the wish to alleviate suffering in the world, to take action for that, the wish to encourage happiness in the world, taking action for that. And so, you know, the allowing is opening us into well-being and that, that becomes a guide for us. You know, we, we feel the non-well-being. This is part of the learning. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we don't put it on the posters. Come sit in meditation and learn how bad it feels to want. <laughs> but that's part of the learning. And that as the mind starts to learn that, it begins to let go and it begins to gravitate towards a truer well-being and towards that open heart that's responsive rather than reactive. So I want to talk about walking. We're going to do walking meditation here. Um, So one of the things I really, really love about this particular practice, and this is why it's joined with this non-residential retreat, is that this practice, the instructions for this practice are identical no matter what we're doing. They're identical. We, we have no different instructions when we're driving down the freeway than when we're sitting in meditation. We have no different instructions when we are at our work or sitting in meditation. The instructions are the same. And so we will be practicing awareness while walking. And in fact, this is what Sayadaw said when somebody asked him, how do you do walking meditation? He said, I don't practice walking meditation. I practice awareness while walking. And so this is what we're cultivating. Can we be aware? What does it feel like to be aware? What are we aware of? Moment to moment in our walking. This capacity to develop this, I mean, earlier the sense of wasting our time you know it's like we're developing a new relationship to our minds here it's not it's not going to you know happen right away and the 
the power of this new relationship is that it carries into whatever we do. At the end, I just finished teaching a two-week retreat and I realized, you know, I was sending, sending them out into the world and uh, I said, practice awareness while living. That's what we're doing. That's this practice. We learn how to practice awareness while living. And so moving into the walking meditation, starting to recognize how it might be possible to practice awareness while walking. And so I'd like to encourage you to take a walk. Back and forth walking is not as um, um, similar to what happens in daily life, you know? And what we're moving towards is finding a way to bring this practice right into the midst of our day. And so take a walk through the neighborhood and see if you can practice awareness. Am I aware? What's obvious? From time to time, check in. And from time to time, I'd say, you know, every, maybe once every four or five minutes, something like that, check into your relationship to the experience. It's not so helpful to just, you know, like, what's my attitude? What's my attitude? What's my, it kind of gets a little crazy making. So, you know, just from time to time, check in. What's my relationship to experience? So, am I aware? What's obvious? One of the fields in the walking practice that becomes very clear is seeing. The seeing, the hearing, as well as movement. These are, these are experiences that uh, we often... Well, the hearing is present in sitting meditation, but in the movement and the seeing, we often restrict in sitting meditation. And so learning how to be aware while seeing, this is going to be very helpful in daily life. So um, that one exploration around the seeing practice and the hearing practice is um, while you are, because you, you'll probably, m- many of you will notice that seeing is a lot of what you are aware of. Begin to recognize the distinction in seeing between um, what it's like to be, to be seeing and knowing that you're seeing and what it's like to look at something. So the looking is where we direct the attention or the attention gets pulled to something. Sometimes we don't even choose it. We're walking down the street just kind of like knowing that we're seeing, not particularly looking at anything and suddenly, um, you know, there's a puppy dog that runs across our path and the attention is right there looking at the puppy dog. We didn't even have to try to do that. It just happened. So beginning to recognize the difference and that sometimes the mind, the, the, the field of seeing is in the realm of seeing. Sometimes it's in the realm of looking. You don't have to change it, but just notice when it's doing one and when it's doing the other. Likewise in the field of hearing, very similar. There's, there's times when we're kind of just knowing that hearing is happening and then, whoo, the attention gets drawn to a train or to the sound of a car or to um, the squealing of a tire or something. You know, that, that's listening. So notice the distinction between hearing and listening when the attention gets pulled or directed to something. And then there's the movement of the body, you know, just, just knowing the movement. And so the, the practice, start seeing if you can Start with relaxation. Find relaxation in the walking practice is often help, helpful to start 
by just finding a pace that feels comfortable. Just begin walking and find a place where your body feels at ease, a pace where the body feels comfortable. That's a way to cultivate the relaxation while walking. For some of you, it may be a little more slowly. Some of you, it may be more quickly. But let the pace be your guide along with attending to this sense of relaxation and ease. Finding a pace that feels comfortable. And then begin, oh, am I aware? What's obvious? What's obvious? What's obvious now? It may be helpful to just use the what's obvious, what's obvious, what's obvious for those of you who are new to this practice. For those of you who are familiar with the awareness itself, you can just rest in that awareness and just know the awareness knows what it's aware of. But for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, just, you know, just keep checking in. What's obvious now? What's obvious now? A lot of it will be seeing. A lot of it will be hearing. Some of it will be movement. If you find, again, that your mind is way out there, ungrounded, unable to do this receptive practice right now, start with something easy for you. Maybe the contact of your feet on the ground. And then begin to recognize as you start there that you're also seeing while that's happening. You're also hearing while that's happening. So beginning to expand the, uh, the terrain of the, uh, what we are aware of. We can be aware of many things at the same time. That can be the experience. It feels like we're aware of many things at the same time. So we don't have to like time slice it. It's like, yes, there's seeing and hearing and feet on the ground happening all at the same time. And that can be known. So we'll have... Um, we have half an hour for walking until 11.45... And um, I'll ring a bell at about 11.40. So um, if you're taking a walk through a neighborhood, just kind of the, I have 11.15 right now, set your clock to that. And just be sure you come back into the vicinity around 11.40 so you can hear the bell to come back in for the sitting at 11.45. So enjoy your walk. (laughs) 